This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 75, entitled Lessons in Leaf Cleanup Plus Sure Can Review. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I really appreciate you guys, as always, tuning in each and every week. I also appreciate any questions and comments that you guys uh, have been sending me. Uh, whether it's uh, uh, through the website at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact or through Instagram. Uh, there's been a, f- a flurry of engagement through Instagram lately, um, and I really appreciate that. And I've been having uh, a blast on both uh, the podcast as well as uh, on Instagram as uh, as well. Um, you know, and this coming winter, I hope to... Uh, start uh, and uh, add a bunch of more uh, videos and time and focus as well uh, on the YouTube uh, aspect uh, of the Lawn Care Business Success account. Um, now, this is episode 75, and it's a, a huge milestone for me to think episode 75. I've told the story a bunch of times how, you know, when I first was thinking about the podcast and all that sort of stuff, I uh, jotted down and had some uh, great ideas for the first bunch of episodes. Uh, and, uh, you know, but uh, well, after after that, I was pretty much uh, coming to a blank about what would I uh, talk about. And my wife you know, I remember her even having this discussion with me about, uh, you know, what is it that you're going to talk about each and every week? How much can there possibly be to say? Um, and uh, as I've learned each and every week, um, you know, it can be a lot tougher um, than uh, I ever imagined. Um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, from the comments and questions that I'm getting, uh, it's been, uh, fantastic feedback. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm always managed to find a way or to think of a topic, uh, timely. I've talked about as well how sometimes I'll sit, uh, in front of the bike ready to record and I still have no idea what I'm going to talk about that week. And then, you know, it just comes to me and, uh, you know, I'm so thankful for that. So, uh, like I said before, I really appreciate uh, the suggestions that you guys have been uh, providing, and I really uh, uh, appreciate that and uh, would encourage you guys to continue on that uh, as well. Uh, the other big uh, thing with this episode 75 uh, is that uh, if you notice at the top of the show, um, I had a little intro with uh, Audible in the beginning, and I'm uh, really excited and happy to say that the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast has been officially accepted into Audible's official podcast sponsorship program. Uh, so that's a huge, uh, uh, you know, change for the show. And it goes from, 
just promoting Audible on my own through sort of, you know, the standard uh, Amazon uh, affiliates, much like you would uh, promote a product or something like that, to officially being, um, you know, sponsored, uh, uh, you know, having the podcast sponsored. Now, it's still an affiliate type deal where, uh, you know, it requires people to uh, try out their service. Um, but uh, it doesn't require any money up front from those people. So it's just basically having you guys uh, try out Audible, uh, try out their 30 day free trial. And, uh, you know, if you do that, then they uh, uh, basically will um, sponsor uh, uh, the show in the terms of uh paying me some uh, uh, a fixed amount of money for each person that signs up and that uh, I will in turn put uh, back directly into the show into things like buying software and maybe uh, better audio equipment and things like that uh, and just figure out ways to and grow the show and make it uh, uh, better for you guys. Uh, so uh, yeah, really excited about that. Now the third uh, thing, ironically, on this 75th episode, if you're listening to this on the day that it's coming out, then uh, that's uh, November the 8th. And uh, for all of the uh, US uh uh, citizens that listen to this uh, uh, show, it's a big day for you guys. It's election day. It's Trump versus Hillary day. And uh, the world is watching. I uh, anticipate uh, the uh, election coverage tonight. I'll be uh, uh, watching it all and, uh, you know, seeing uh, who comes out on top, who will lay the smack down uh, tonight. Will it be uh, Donald Trump or will it be Hillary Clinton? Uh, so I'm, uh, you know, excited to see that. This has probably been the most uh, uh, exciting uh, and uh, controversial uh, election that I can ever remember. Uh, so, uh, like I say, I uh, anticipate uh, uh, watching all that coverage tonight. Um, and I just wish uh, whoever uh, the American people choose as their uh, new president the best of luck. It's literally a job that uh, carries a ton of responsibility and the world's, uh, the weight of the world on its, on the president's shoulders. So uh, I wish whoever it is the best of luck. So, uh, with that being said, episode 75 here, uh, I want to, uh, I think start out with, uh, the sure can review. Uh, so, as you guys know, uh, I've been, uh, if you follow me on Instagram and uh, listen to last week's episode, I sort of, uh, you know, talked a little bit about the sure can. Uh, and basically, uh, you know, over the past few years, obviously using jerry cans and things like that uh, is an integral part of a land, lawn care business. Uh, most of the equipment, um, although there are seems to be uh, some changes going towards electric uh, in some senses, but I think for uh, probably 99.9% .9 of the population, um, you know, gas-powered equipment is still uh, the way to run your business uh at the moment, at least. Uh, and, uh, you know, having fuel and containers to carry that fuel is uh, an integral part of that. And uh, over the years, you know, my 11 years of using uh, jerry cans and all that sort of stuff, um, there's been some, uh, you know, things that I've seen, design flaws um, with your standard jerry can that uh, has drove me nuts. Um, and the biggest one was 
the fact that with most of them, you know, you have your uh, basically a transport mode for your jerry can um, and a uh, pouring mode for your jerry can. So with most of them, they include that um, spout that uh, goes on the inside of the can. Uh, you fill it up. You put the the spout inside. The spout is actually sitting in the fuel. Uh, so then when you go to use the jerry can, you know, you have to undo the cap, pull out the spout, which is now soaked in fuel. Um, you can take off. There's that little uh, round center cap that sort of blocks the uh, uh, hole in the middle. You take that out. You have to assemble the spout onto the outside, tighten it. Then you can sort of bend that uh, spout, uh, try to, you know, aim it correctly. If you're uh, lucky enough to have a jerry can that has a vent on the back, then, you know, the flow is a little bit better. Some of the jerry cans don't include the vent at the back, which makes it more glug out, uh, which is, uh, I think, even worse for spilling because instead of a nice gentle uh, stream coming out, you know, it ends up... Uh, uh, glugging everywhere. Uh, my biggest pet peeve with jerry cans uh, has been just the fact of having to handle the spout, uh, especially when it's coming out of the jerry can and it's all wet and your hands end up smelling. You have to either put on gloves, uh, you know, and it just uh, causes a bunch of grief because then I'll go to wash my hands and, you know, the gas is all over my hands. It doesn't come off after the first wash, even with soap and all that. You know, it takes usually a few washings throughout the day to uh, completely get rid of the smell of the fuel. Um, the other, you know, thing is you can mount those spouts on your jerry can uh, and put the little cap on the inside of the spout uh, so that you can keep it and not have the spout constantly inside the fuel but then you still have to unassemble the spout loosen that uh, cap to remove that little center piece in the middle and put it back in and it's still a pain um, you know I then went to um, a aftermarket spout that fit those, um, uh, I think it was a Wedco, uh, Jerry can, uh, was the brand where instead of the accordion style spout, it was a fixed spout and it had a sort of a pullback, uh, tip on the end of it. So if you poured the Jerry can, nothing would spill unless you actually pulled back on the tip. Um, and, uh, you know, these always work great at first, but they're spring loaded inside and ultimately they last a few months. And, uh, for me, at least we're constantly breaking, uh, and, uh, you know, just ended to more frustration because then, uh, you know, I'd be stuck without any sort of spout to be able to pour. Once the tip breaks off of it, then you're transporting that jerry can the rest of the day, uh, with no sort of cap or anything on the end of it and fuel can splash around and all that and, and leak out of it. So those were a constant annoyance as well. Uh, the other issue I had with the accordion style ones is that they'd always crack every time you're trying to bend them uh, to fit them into your uh, fuel tanks uh, and trying to avoid spilling fuel. You know, over time, just that constant bending of the uh, spout would always cause them to uh, crack. And then, you know, lots of times it'd go unnoticed and you'd pour the jerry can uh 
over to start pouring fuel and gas would start coming out of the crack that you didn't notice and, you know, cause a spill again. And it's just uh, very, very annoying. Um, you know, you have to be so careful always aware, never filling your fuel over uh, your customer's lawns. That's like number one rule. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, you know, if you ran out of gas and stuff, you have to get into the habit of always making sure your uh, equipment is full beforehand, uh, which I recommend anyways. But, you know, ultimately, sometimes your equipment will run out of fuel and you had just have to make sure that you're pushing it um, or getting it to um, you know, somewhere, uh, on pavement where you're not over the, the thing, because you just can't trust these gas cans. They were just, uh, you know, all over the place. So with all that frustration, actually a few weeks ago, I had it happen again, where I went to pour the fuel, the little accordion spout cracked. I didn't notice it, got gas all over the more. I was inside my garage gas spilt on the ground as well. You know, I got all my stuff gathered up, tried to clean the fuel as best as possible, went to work, did all my mowings for the day. I came home at the end of the day and, you know, opened the garage and, you know, it still completely stinks uh, inside the garage uh, from the fuel spilt in the morning. So I was just really fed up and I started to think about, you know, these, uh, uh, new fancy jerry cans uh, I had seen uh, on Instagram. They started to pop up more and more frequently. Uh, so I was like, you know, maybe I should go to that because it looked very uh, interesting looking when I first saw it. Um, but, you know, you're busy. You're not really uh, sort of paying attention. Uh, so now that, you know, I had another spill and I was like, you know, fed up, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to look into uh, what these things are. So, uh, you know, I looked it up and saw, and it was uh, a company called SureCan. Uh, their website, if you want to check them out, is SureCanUSA. That's S-U-R-E-C-A-N-U-S-A dot com. And basically, uh, what these guys have done is they've taken the traditional gas can and reimagined what a gas can should be and what a gas can uh, should do and how it should work. Uh, and instead of like all these other uh, gas can companies um, who have made their gas cans and they basically are all the same thing, they're just a, a red plastic container uh, or sometimes a red metal container um, and they focus on the spout. And, uh, you know, they ultimately design all these different spouts, uh, for them that ultimately fail. Uh, what, uh, SureCan has done is, like I said, they've completely reimagined what a gas can can be. And, uh, you know, it's almost, uh, at first, uh, alien looking. You're looking at it going, what the heck is that? How does that thing work? Uh, so basically it looks, you know, it has a, the sort of traditional look of a gas can. Uh, with, you know, the red plastic. It also comes in blue and yellow, yellow being for diesel and blue for kerosene. They come in a five gallon and a 2.2 gallon model. Um, and basically what's different about them is that the fuel spout is permanently mounted, uh, on the bottom, uh, front corner of the fuel can and it's articulating so it's in the upright upright position i should say rather uh and it has a safety cap on it uh, kind of like a little um prescription pill bottle where you have to press down and turn and this of course keeps out any debris and uh you know dust and stuff from entering into the um spout 
what you'll also notice on the top of the handle is that there's a big black trigger with a little safety uh, latch on it. So what you do uh, with this uh, uh, sure can uh, is uh, there's uh, a, a big cap on the back of it with one of those uh, sort of safety presses uh, to prevent the uh, cap from coming undone. And you fill the fuel can from the back there, and then you put the cap back on. Uh, now, from that point forward, um, you literally do not have to touch any fuel. Um, and even at that point, you're not really touching fuel. You're taking the uh, the big cap off to, uh, you know, at the gas station to fill up your sure can. Uh, and closing it. And then uh, from there in on, it's done. There's no uh, opening it back up and pulling out spouts and, and installing spouts or, or pulling back on uh, handles and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so basically what you do is you just undo the safety cap off of the spout. The spout, like I said, is articulating. So it's in the upright position and it's kind of clipped into uh, the side of the gas can. The gas can has, has sort of a molded, you know, injection plastic molded design to it. And with that is, uh, you know, a spot for the spout that kind of pushes and clips into the side of the gas can. So you undo the safety cap. You pull the handle down because it's mounted at the bottom, but it's articulating. So it swings down uh, basically into any position um, and you uh, put it directly into your uh, gas, your equipment's gas tank, your ATV, your mower, your chainsaw, your generator, whatever it is. And the nice thing is, even after the safety cap is taken off and you have the spout turned down uh, or in whatever position that is comfortable for you, uh, the gas doesn't flow out because it's controlled by that trigger handle on the top. And like I mentioned earlier, it has that little safety clip on it. So uh, even then, there's no accidental uh, presses of the fuel. So basically, you then just take your thumb, you uh, basically uh, press on that safety clip to release it. And then that uh, then in turn lets you depress the lever with your thumb uh, to start the fuel flow flow. Now, the nice thing here is there's no vent cap to have to open or close. It's all uh, done through uh, the spout itself. Uh, and the amount that you press that trigger is uh, regulating how much fuel is coming out. So if you're filling, say, uh, your uh, line trimmer um, or your handheld blower or backpack blower, and you don't want to overdo it, you just press down the trigger a little tiny bit. You kind of feather it and it'll start the fuel to flow, especially if you're just topping off equipment. If you've got a larger mower, a big zero turn or something with big tanks on the side, uh, then you can press that uh, lever all the way down to let the full fuel go. So it's really nice. Gives you really good uh, control over the amount of fuel coming out. Uh, once you're done, you let go of that trigger and the fuel stops. It's as easy as that. Uh, and then you can articulate that spout back in the upright position screw on that little safety cap. Uh, by the way, the safety cap is a permanently mounted on a little tether. So you don't have to worry about losing it, misplacing it, uh, or it getting dirty when it's on the ground or anything like that. It's actually a really well thought out design. Uh, the gas 
the whole sure can gas can concept I've mentioned um, on my uh, Instagram, it reminds me of Walker mowers um, where, you know, it's such a radical design, um, you know, and where they really thought out uh, the design and uh, how the user is going to use it. Um, it really reminds me of the Walker mowers, the front, um, you know, the front deck on a walker and how it articulates up and down uh, to allow you to change blades and clean out the bottom of the deck and all that so easily, how you can get into, you know, under shrubs and things uh, with that front deck, uh, just really well thought out design instead of the traditional, uh, you know, zero turn type design. And, uh, you know, the sure can is exactly the same thing. It just totally reminds me of that, of, of, uh, you know, uh, taking, um, what you would think uh, a gas can does and what normal uh, gas cans do and just totally reinventing it. Now I've, uh, been posting some pictures of the sure can. Like I say, I've been completely uh, happy with it thus far. Um, although I will, um, post, um, or keep you guys posted, I should say rather on, uh, you know, if I encounter any failures or come across any situations or things where, um, I see where the sure can maybe, uh, is not performing how it should. But uh, like I say, thus far, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, no longer do I have uh, the smelly uh, uh, gas smell on my hands after filling equipment. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about uh, overfilling and spilling my uh, fuel with that articulating handle and just being able to release that trigger to stop the fuel. Uh, it's just been uh, uh, really uh, fantastic. And one of the neat things as well, in particular with the 2.2 gallon, um, is that uh, I can actually fill my equipment with single-handedly with one hand. Um, with the larger uh, shear can, although I haven't used that one, um, I would imagine that you would have to use uh, both hands for that one just uh, due to the weight and size of the fuel in a five gallon container. Uh, but with the small one, you know, I can uh, take that safety cap off, articulate the handle or the spout down, you know, go up to my Honda mower. I take the cap off. And, uh, you know, put the uh, spout down and I don't even have to bend over or bend my uh, back or anything like that because I can hold it right down by my side with one hand. The spout is in the tank and I just press the trigger with my thumb and, you know, the fuel comes out and, uh, you know, I let go of the trigger. I can pull the hand, the spout out, have a look. And, you know, if I need some more gas, I can put the spout back in there, give it a couple little more presses of that, uh, uh, lever to, you know, uh, release some more fuel into the tank. It's been actually pretty fantastic. Uh, also saving my back a bit, uh, from having to bend over, uh, every time you need to, uh, fill the fuel cans or fuel uh, tanks on your equipment. So like I said, really uh, happy and pleased with the sure can so far. Um, I think, uh, if you guys are, uh, interested, I've, uh, uh, if I had to, you know, think of any, um, you know, negative things to say about the Shurikan, uh, for me at least, uh, the one major negative would be uh, just the sizes. They only offer uh, currently the 5-gallon and the 2.2-gallon. Um, traditionally in my business, 
uh, five gallon gas cans I would use for uh, larger amounts of fuel. Um, I would use them for the ride on, um, you know, zero turns, things like that. Um, but I always found them, uh, awkward to use, uh, just being so big and heavy. The sure can obviously would be, uh, so much easier now if I had, uh, was still using a ride on more to use the five gallons. Uh, so then that leaves me with the other size, the 2.2. Now this is traditionally the size that I use, uh, for filling my Honda more up. Now, the only difference here now is that I always use the smaller one gallon size for my mixed fuel for my trimmers and my blowers and things like that. Uh, and just found it, uh, uh, just more convenient. I'd always get the smaller uh, two-cycle oil mixed bottles. My dealer always has them on sale, big like case um, case lot type sales with the smaller uh, uh, single-use bottles that mix with um, the five liters of fuel. Um, so for me, the convenience there of just being able to open one of the little two mixed bottles and mix, dumping the whole thing in and filling the can up and I know that it's exactly at that uh, 50 to 1 mark uh for the uh fuel mixture. Uh so with the sure can uh I only my only uh uh negative thing to say is I wish they had a smaller version as well that they had a third size that 1 gallon uh size uh, that is really common in uh, uh fuel cans that you see from other brands. Uh now the other comment that I've seen from other people when I've been posting pictures and stuff of the sure can is the price. It is a lot more pricier than, uh, traditional fuel cans. Um, they, uh, go for, I think they're about $36 us at Lowe's, uh, and on Amazon, they're $38. Um, and to that, uh, that one's a tough one. Yes, it is a bit more uh, expensive than your traditional fuel can, but it is also solving a problem uh, that those traditional fuel cans have been uh, neglecting to solve. And that is the spillage of the fuel, the uh, comfort in using it uh, is basically a bonus, but also the not getting the fuel smell on your hands is like the biggest uh, pet peeve of mine. Uh, and uh, the sure can solves it. So in that respect, I think uh, the price is worth it. When you look at the construction of them, they're built really uh, high quality. I've seen pictures of them um, you know, uh, there's one uh, picture I've seen that's going around with a pickup truck that's basically uh, parked on top of a bunch of sure cans under one under each wheel, and the sure cans are holding the weight of the pickup truck. Um, I saw a, a picture on um, BNB's Lawn Care's uh, Instagram where he has his uh, Skag mower. Um, same thing, he's got the mower wheel on top of the sure can. Uh, so they're built really well, built really tough. And the other thing is that they're built in the USA. So, you know, uh, anything domestically built here, um, creating jobs locally for the economy in the United States, uh, in North America is going to cost a lot more, uh, than, you know, having it, uh, uh, built overseas by, uh, 
you know, uh, cheaper labor. Um, so it's one of those things it's, yes, it is more expensive, but you're, uh, you know, you're getting a better quality product and you're also creating jobs here in North America, which I think is, uh, you know, really important. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, made in the USA means anything then it has to be, uh, uh, supported as well. So, you know, in that respect, I think that uh, the sure can is definitely uh, worth the price. And for me, like I said, just the the, the um, frustration that it's saved in this last uh, two weeks or so of using it uh, and not having fuel uh, all over my hands and not uh, worrying about spilling uh, has been uh, fantastic. And, uh, you know, in fact, I think if I, uh, in the new year, uh, uh, decide to replace the stolen ride on that I had and, uh, go for a riding uh, more or another ZTR or something. I will, uh, go out and purchase a, a large five gallon, uh, sure can to, uh, uh, use with that. Cause I think that'll be uh, so much easier. All right. So that, um, Basically concludes my review of the Shurkan. If you want to read uh, the written review I did uh, and see a bunch of photos that I took of the Shurkan, uh, you can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Shurkan, S-U-R-E-C-A-N. Or if, like I said, if you want to visit uh, Shurkan's website directly, it's uh, shurkanusa.com. That's S-U-R-E-C-A-N-U-S-A.com. Uh, so I'm just going to pause for the podcast announcements and then uh, we'll get into the second half of the show. All right. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time. And get this. Even if you cancel during the trial period, you get to keep your free audiobook. It's a great way to try the service and see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Audible. Now back to the show. Before the uh, break there uh, and at the top of the show, I... Uh, talked about how, uh, or uh, uh, basically alluded to the episode having two parts, and one of the parts being the review on the sure can, and the second uh, part just being uh, lessons in leaf cleanup. And basically, I just want to talk to you guys about, uh, you know, this being leaf season, um, what I do with um, uh, leaf cleanups. I've been seeing lots of questions being asked on, uh, you know, different Facebook groups about leaf cleanups uh, and that sort of thing. And I just want to uh, basically give you guys my experience all the different things I've tried with leaf cleanups um, and uh, what I'm currently doing with leaf cleanups uh, and how I charge for leaf cleanups um, and uh, basically uh, 
uh, go about it in that sort of sense. Now, uh, just to preference this, um, I have to say that uh, you guys have to remember uh, and take this all into context. Uh, and that is that, uh, you know, the clients that I serve um, are all smaller properties, right? So, you know, I've talked about how, uh, you know, my... Um, uh, average home that I service now is a lot smaller than it used to be. Uh, they used to be much bigger properties. I used to use uh, riding mowers. Um, you know, uh, one of my most uh, favorite tools uh, that I had uh, of all time for leaf cleanups uh, was the walker mower. When I had that, uh, I had a 2007 uh, MT 23 GHS model. Uh, and that was fantastic for leaf cleanups, you know, very, very hard to beat, uh, using a walker mower, no raking, no nothing, just basically drive over uh, all your leaves. And that, uh, bad boy just, uh, sucks it all up. And, uh, you know, you got that big 9.5 bushel hopper on the back of it. And, uh, you have the built in, um, you know, basically, uh, a fan motor, uh, on the, that the deck feeds into and, uh, you know, basically obliterates all the leaves and stuff, grinds them all up and, and puts them in that hopper box. And that hopper has that, uh, uh, articulating sort of feed head on the inside that, uh, evenly fills up the back of the, uh, walkers, uh, uh, box there. I, you know, the more I think about it, the more brilliant, uh, I, uh, you know, have to say the walker is, it's just a fantastic mower. I really uh, loved having it. Um, unfortunately, as my business went on, uh, you know, more and more of the properties were getting smaller and smaller. And, you know, at one point I had, you know, this, uh, $14,000 walker sitting on my trailer for 90% of the time. And, uh, you know, the nine, that 90% of the time was houses that I was doing now with the, you know, uh, $1,200 Honda mower, uh, because the Walker, you know, I couldn't even, I couldn't fit it into gates or, you know, it just wasn't appropriate to use on those properties. And that was at the point there where I uh, decided to, uh, to sell the Walker was that it was just uh, so much money sitting there, uh, and not being used to its full, uh, ability full you know potential uh with my business uh, my business was moving on and the size of the properties and stuff the newer houses being developed were all smaller large properties were all getting subdivided into smaller properties uh so you know my business was changing uh the other thing too was um with the constant rain and stuff i've mentioned this over and over again uh the walker for me here with a lot of clay in the soil in the city that I am at, water just saturates, it sits. If you guys have seen some of my photos, I had one a few weeks ago that I posted showing uh, basically, uh, you know, a big puddle in the middle of a yard. Uh, and that, um, you know, that customer there through the winter, I mow that lawn um, only uh, basically up till the end of the season, which is normally Halloween. So I've, you know, I was able to almost get the whole lawn done, but from basically the end of the season until summertime, um, I can't mow the back half of that lawn. So I only mow uh, half of the backyard. Um, and, uh, so that, that customer is one that I have two prices for, for mowing. 
I, you know, charge her for mowing the whole lawn or if I only can mow half the lawn because it's underwater. And she has literally sat on her back porch, she has told me, and uh, had uh, ducks swimming on her back lawn because of the the water that just sits there. So, um, you know, with that, that was another uh, uh, cause for me to have to sell uh, the walker because it was just so heavy, uh, being so well built uh, with so many extra parts in there uh, that it was starting to uh, constantly uh, uh, sink and rut and stuff. So I had to go to a lighter mower and I actually went uh, all the way to a residential John Deere uh, tractor, you know, like a Home Depot special, just because of I needed something that was so lightweight um, that, uh, you know, wouldn't rut the yards. And the John Deere uh, did fantastically with that. Um, so, you know, I started out with that, uh, uh, as far as leaf cleanups go, um, you know, and it did really great, but, uh, you know, with the weather and like I said, those things, I had to figure out some other ways. Now, typically when I'm doing leaf cleanups, I have done everything from, um, you know, now, like I said, granted, think that these are smaller properties. They're not big acreages or anything like that, but, uh, typically I'll start by blowing the leaves. Uh, if the leaves are crazy, crazy thick, then, you know, I'll end up either raking them or using, uh, you know, the handheld blower, uh, with, uh, you know, sort of the vacuum, uh, mulcher attachment on it. I've done this a couple times, uh, but I find that, uh, if it's really, really thick, uh, we're talking leaves on the lawn or something, if I blow them into a pile, it takes a long time to try to vacuum mulch them and stuff. Now I do like that it mulches up and, you know, it takes up a lot less space on your trailer or if you're leaving them in bins or putting them in uh, compostable bags or whatever, you know, sort of way you, you have to get rid of the leaves, but it was just really time consuming and so much faster to just, you know, once you blow them into piles, just to scoop them into the bags or the bins or onto tarps and throwing them into the trailer. So I didn't, uh, I really kind of stopped doing that. And also, uh, you know, I'd also find the same thing there. The time that the leaves are falling, there was also uh, constantly windstorms and things like that as well. And, you know, there, with that, you get twigs and, um, you know, pine cones and things like that. And you're blowing them into a pile. You don't necessarily see everything. And, uh, you know, the, um, uh, vacuum mulcher blower, the handheld, uh, steel, uh, that I use, uh, I think it's the SH56C, I believe I might be wrong on the model number, but, um, you can see it on my Instagram account. If you've, uh, if you're a part there, I post pictures of it all the time. Uh, but sometimes it would get clogged up just from sticks and twigs and stuff like that. Uh, that would, uh, you know, find their way in there and not uh, exactly get mulched. Uh, so I started to find that it was more of a pain to, to use that. Uh, I still really love that tool and it's better suited for doing things like, um, you know, rock beds and things like that, uh, where you might want to just suck up leaves and things like that from areas like that. But if you've got like a big pile of leaves, uh, you know, it can take a long time, um, to go through them. Um, and if they're wet and stuff, then it can be a bit of a mess, which is also an issue here. Now, this year, uh, what I started to do, 
uh, was just to mow over them. Now, I've done this before in the past, too, with the ride-on, if it was a bigger property or something like that. Uh, and subsequently, with the uh, John Deere tractor, uh, what I would do is I would switch in the wintertime from bagging um, to mulching, which you may think is kind of the opposite uh, thing to do. Um, but, you know, I like the look, personally, of bagging a lawn. And collecting the clippings, I think it just leaves a cleaner look um, with it. But obviously, when the conditions are wetter, uh, you know, the bagging doesn't work quite as good. It still did pretty good with high lift blades and stuff on the John Deere. Uh, but, you know, come rainy season, I just found it better to switch to uh, the mulching. And, you know, sometimes you'd have to raise the deck up a little bit, but uh, for the most part, I found this to work the best, and I would just mulch the leaves. Um, now, you know, this works with some clients, and it doesn't work with others. With the clients that I was doing it with, um, they understood the benefits of having the uh, leaves mulched in, and of course, it wouldn't completely get rid of, you know, completely make the leaves disappear. You'd still see remnants of it. You have, you know, after all, a green lawn with um, brown dry leaves, uh, but the John Deere actually did really well. If you consider that it's a homeowner unit um, and, you know, I had mulching blades on it, I had the mulching uh, plug on it as well, but not the one that uh, is traditionally that you would associate with the John Deere, the one that just covers the sort of like a shoot blocker. I actually had, they have a mulching kit available for those uh, John Deere uh, homeowner type tractors. And it's basically a big long plug that fits uh, through the shoot hole uh, and goes all the way along the front of the deck. And it actually changes the whole shape of the underside of the deck and, and basically makes it so that it's uh, two separate compartments instead of having, um, you know, say the blades on the left side, just cutting the leaves and pushing them to the right side of the deck. Uh, the leaves are, are almost contained in that right or sorry, left side of the deck. And then the uh, blade on the right side can just have to worry about and deal with the leaves and stuff on the uh, right side of the deck. So it did a pretty good job, but I would still have to double cut it. So I would go over it with the tractor uh, basically I would make sure, uh, try to make sure that the leaves were all sort of even. So there wasn't big clumps or piles of leaves. If there was, when I got there, you know, I would use the blower first sort of disperse them so that they're evenly layered along the lawn. And I would, uh, do a, a pass, uh, basically a stripe of the lawn, cutting the lawn. And then I would reverse over what I just did. And the first pass would, uh, obliterate a lot of leaves, but leave, um, you know, basically a trail or track of leaves underneath the mower. Uh, but then when I went to back up, it would basically double cut it and get rid of all the leaves. Uh, and I would just do that. And obviously that takes a lot longer, uh, but it was still a lot better than going and manually having to rake leaves and do it that way. So, uh, you know, once the, uh, uh, um, trailer, that I had got stolen with all my equipment, including the John Deere tractor. Like many of you guys know, I haven't replaced uh, a ride on uh, for my business yet, sort of waiting it out, seeing uh, how the business is going and, and how the market is changing all these. Uh, I've talked about real estate, uh, um, you know, extensively on the podcast and how my area is changing. So I'm still sort of on the fence about what I want to do with that. I would uh, like to get some sort of uh, uh, a mower or something. 
a little bit larger to be able to do. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it is here, uh, where I live, uh, it seems that, um, you know, your traditional walk behind mowers, like a 36, sorry, a 36 inch skag mower, uh, for example, um, is not very popular. You know, I rarely, uh, ever see them. There's a few, um, bigger companies that do, uh, you know, commercial only work or work for, uh, cities and stuff that, uh, you know, ha- I have seen skag mowers, um, but like I say, very, very rarely. Um, and I don't even know off the top of my head, uh, in my area, a dealer that would even carry a mower like that. Um, the dealer that I go to, the larger uh, dealer, um, you know, here, I know they carry Gravely, uh, and I have seen um, Gravely 36-inch uh, walk-behinds, but the ones I've seen have been monstrous. They're just huge, uh, and I couldn't imagine using something like that. Uh, even, uh, you know, putting it in the trailer and stuff, it looks like it would take up the same amount of space um, as a, a walker mower. Um, so I just don't see using something like that, uh, and also just being... Uh, you know, my issue with the soft ground and the amount of rainfall and stuff, uh, the mowers are just so big and heavy. Um, I almost wish I remember there was a company, um, a few years ago that was, uh, uh, prevalent on lawn site for a long time. Um, that I was getting, starting to get interested in, uh, looking and then, uh, they kind of disappeared. They got bought out or th- something, uh, by somebody else, maybe by, uh, Dixie chopper or something like that. I think they were called uh, better outdoor uh, equipment and they had uh, a more called the quick 36. Um, and it was a very compact walk behind and you could have a, a sulky or something like that. Um, you know, and I know a lot of guys were saying that, you know, it's, uh, it's a, a junky mower, it's not, uh, you know, it won't last and all that stuff. And that's great. But you have to remember that not everybody's conditions are the same. And that's why I've had so much success with a residential, uh, mower as far as the, uh, a ride on type mower goes. I still use obviously, uh, my tried and trusted, uh, Honda HRC 216, uh, for the majority of my work, um, with the smaller properties, but for the larger things I've, uh, you know, uh, as much as I love the Walker and I had a gravely 34 inch, uh, more a ZTR before that, um, you know, I still found them uh, to be quite heavy and the, uh, John Deere, um, uh, you know, I think it was an LA 125, uh, that I was using. It's been, you know, fantastic. And they will, you know, maybe not so much if you've got employees, but if you're a single owner operator, they can, uh, uh, really, uh, uh, last a long time. My brother-in-law, uh, also has a, uh, a couple of John Deere's. He's got an X300, but he also has the same LA 125, uh, that I had, um, I know actually, I think it was just a 125 model. It was called in 2006. Um, they changed the name a little bit each, each and every year. Uh, so at that time it was the 125 model and he still has his from 2006 and it's got well over a thousand, uh, hours on it and he still uses it occasionally. Um, and, uh, you know, they will hold up. It doesn't look the greatest. It's, uh, uh, pretty beat looking now, but with maintenance and, you know, changing some parts here and there and as you need them, um, you know, he's been able to, uh, get that guy going, uh, for a long, long time and it's made him tons and tons of money. 
So it depends on your conditions and all that sort of stuff. But uh, regardless to say, uh, you know, I can't uh, do that for leaf cleanup anymore, uh, doing the mulching and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so for, you know, the one or two properties that I have that have crazy amounts of leaves, um, what I end up doing uh, it really depends on the customer and I have it tailored to, uh, each and every house, uh, for one client, all I really do each and every uh, week that I'm there is I just blow the leaves for them and blow them into piles for them and they clean them themselves. Um, so the first, uh, couple times I was, uh, you know, cleaning them up and then billing them for it. And they, uh, you know, basically told me they couldn't, uh, really afford to have me clean the leaves or, or that they could clean them themselves. Um, but I still had to mow the lawn. The lawn was still growing actively. So we came upon this agreement where with that particular client, what I do is I just blow the leaves, um, around the trees. So basically around the trunks of the trees, I just, uh, pile up the leaves, uh, can there so that you know you have uh, 99% of the property uh, of the lawn clear of leaves all you have left is just uh, basically a ring around uh, each of the trees of leaves and uh, then I can go about mowing and uh depending on the severity of the leaves or how long it takes me basically uh, I just add it to their bill uh, with other clients, if, you know, the leaves aren't a lot, um, or they're okay with me, uh, charging them for, uh, doing full leaf cleanup each and every week because I'm still mowing, then that's what I do. I just, you know, we'll start, uh, with the blower when I first get to the property. Uh, actually, no, I'll start with the trimmer. Sorry. I'll start with the trimmer. I do all my trimming, my edging and all that sort of stuff. But then uh, uh, I'll use the blower and clear off, you know, any debris and stuff that I did with the edging. But I also blow off all of the leaves and stuff from the sidewalks, the driveways, the patios, and I'll blow it onto the lawns. Uh, and so now what I've done this whole season, uh, when I'm finished that step, is I just use the Honda HRC 216 uh, and I uh, basically mow the lawn. Um, I have to go a bit slower in certain spots if the the leaves are really really thick um but what i found is i started using that shim uh that uh is available for the honda hrc 216s now normally the honda comes with two stacked blades it's got a mulching blade at the top and then your normal cut blade high lift blade uh underneath that one and they're stacked and just slightly offset and they call it a micro cut system, um, uh, quad cut system, whatever you want to call it. Basically, you have four cutting edges. Um, so <clears throat> what I discovered was that uh, when I was at the dealer, I was talking to them and they showed me this shim basically that lets you remove uh, the top mulching only blade uh, so that you're left. Basically, it's the thick. The shim is the thickness of uh, that top blade. And it's got the holes drilled in it uh, in the exact same spot. Uh, it's an official Honda part. Um, and you basically remove the two blades, you install the shim, and then you put your lower blade on only. So the blade that is your uh, regular cutting blade, and it's got the high lift uh, wings on it. And you leave out the top blade that's the skinnier 
mulch only blade. So what this does is it creates a tremendous amount of lift uh, for the Honda uh, versus having the twin stack blades. Now, normally the twin stack blades are fine, um, but when the conditions are really wet uh, and you've got things like leaves and stuff, you would think that the uh, having both blades would work great. And they do if your conditions are dry, but when it's wet, like it is here all the time, having the two blades on top of each other just turns everything into mush underneath the the deck of the Honda and you know it just builds up onto the deck and clogs the mower and just creates a big mess uh so by removing that top blade there's less obstruction um and less um you know l- less uh of uh obtrusiveness um for the high lift to do its thing um so uh, you know that top blade really uh basically gets in the way of the lift that's created by the the bottom blade the top blade is really meant uh, to just be chopping up uh the leaves and your grass clippings finer uh, and is probably you know it's obviously great uh, with the mulching plug in the summer and all that sort of stuff So, you know, I thought I would give this shim a try and let me tell you, it is fantastic. If you uh, have a Honda mower, the HRC 216, um, you know, go to your Honda dealer and ask them for that shim. Um, if you go to my Instagram account, uh, under the same name, lawn care business success, if you're not a, um, you know, following me on Instagram yet, uh, just go to that account. You can follow me there, look through my pictures and you'll see a uh, photo I took of the underside of the Honda showing the shim and also showing you the packaging of the shim with the exact Honda part number on it that you can go to your, uh, Honda equipment dealer and ask for that part. And uh, that thing is fantastic. It uh, uh, creates tremendous amount of lift, not having that uh, blade, and obviously, and basically, just it just basically is the same thickness as that top blade, so that you can um, keep using the same uh, bolts and stuff to use the uh, mounting that uh, bottom blade on. So that's how I've been doing the leaf cleanup now. Is that I just blow basically the leaves onto the lawn. And I just use the Honda and it, uh, is fantastic with that single blade. It sucks up leaves. And let me tell you, I have been doing, uh, the leaves and, and mowing the leaves in the pouring rain, uh, soaking wet grass and leaves. And we're talking like big old Canadian style maple leaves, just these huge, you know, leaves and other leaves and needles and things. And it just sucks all of it up into the bag, into the bagger of the Honda. It's fantastic. The only thing that I could think of that would improve this even better, uh, would be to get, um, my accelerator bag, uh, for my Honda back up and working. And yes, you heard me right. Accelerator bag. If you haven't seen them, um, you, again, you can look through my Instagram and see pictures of, uh, the aluminum accelerator catcher that, uh, accelerator industries, uh, used to make for the Honda HRC 216 mowers. 
Uh, and I used that bad boy on my original Honda for a good 10 years uh, from the time I got it. In fact, when my mower was about uh, uh, 9 years old, 10 years old or so, uh, I had the bracket uh, just because of constantly mowing in the rain again, uh, the bracket for the um, uh, aluminum catcher they used to make out of steel. Uh, the rest of the catcher was obviously aluminum. Um, but they had this other bracket that would uh, you had to drill holes into where your normal Honda bracket, uh, where the bag would normally sit. And it's just a bigger, heavier duty, uh, bracket to be able to hold the weight of the accelerator. And when it's full, uh, the Honda comes with the little, uh, steel tabs that hold the bag and just wasn't uh, beefy enough to hold the big aluminum catcher. So they, you know, made this, uh, extra bracket that you would mount onto your Honda. It allowed you to use the standard Honda bag or the accelerator catcher um, and just was just a bigger, beefier uh, version of it. Uh, but over time, because it's metal, uh, it would uh, rust and break and, you know, it was no longer uh, uh, useful. Uh, so when I got uh, my last mower, um, you know, the one to replace the uh, stolen uh, second mower that I got, I never ended up um, putting the, uh, or fixing the bracket to use the accelerator, uh, on there. Um, but let me tell you when I was using it, those first few years, that thing was fantastic because of the, uh, drilled holes on the side, sort of that mesh sort of aluminum material on the side, at least in not, you know, not only was the, the catcher, uh, two times or two and a half times, even the size of the standard, uh, Honda bag. Um, so it just, you know, allowed you to uh, do more mowing, more leaf cleanup without uh, having to stop as frequently, but in the rain, it wouldn't clog, uh, because of the increased airflow. Uh, I find with the bag, the longer you go out in the rain, uh, the more, uh, the wetter that that bag becomes, it clog that, that moisture clogs the pores in the fabric and that reduces the airflow. And once that airflow reduces, you know, it's just like, uh, uh, leaves or, or grass collecting inside the chute area and it starts to, uh, clog more and more. Uh, but because the accelerator uh, had basically these open sides, the airflow was constant. Uh, so with leaves and things like that, that thing was just insane. It was like, uh, you know, the Honda HRC 216 on full beast mode. Uh, so, you know, that's one thing I'm, uh, I'm looking to, uh, maybe do over this winter is uh, I still have the, the bracket, um, off of my very first Honda HRC 216. Uh, so I, uh, will probably look at, uh, fixing that bracket or, or remaking a new one if it's beyond, uh, repair and, uh, mounting the uh, accelerator, uh, onto, um, the new HRC 216 that I have currently. Um, and, uh, I think the Honda, I think the HRC 216 also had a, a cracked weld or something that needed to be, uh, repaired. So I might have to send that out cause I don't have, uh, uh, an aluminum, uh, welder, um, kit or anything for my MIG welder. So I might have to send that out to get repaired. But other than that, uh, I may try to get that going because that thing was fantastic. But so I can only imagine having the Honda now, cause before I was doing the accelerator, with 
the two stack blades. I didn't know about the, um, that shim that removed the mulching blade. So now I can only imagine because the, uh, using that shim with a standard blade, um, with a regular cloth bag has been great. It's been fantastic. So having that extra capacity, um, and airflow with, of the accelerator on the back, it would be just, I can't even imagine how cool this would be. Uh, so that's something that I'd uh, like to, uh, uh, look into, uh, doing is, uh, getting that to up and going again. But basically that's why I've been doing this, uh, for leaf season this year. Now, like I said, keep in mind or, you know, uh, that, uh, my property sizes are a lot smaller. Now I've seen you guys with leaf loaders and these, you know, trucks and trailer setups with these big leaf vacuums and you're blowing leaves onto the, you know, curb and then sucking them up and taking them to the dump and stuff. So, you know, a lot of fantastic ideas and fantastic setups. I've seen these like walk behind, um, blowers that, uh, you know, are industrial strength basically. Uh, and I've also seen these, uh, walk behind vacuums with a big bag kind of looks like, uh, you know, the hopper, uh, although be it uh, cloth, but like the, the hopper off of a walker or something in a cloth version, Billy goat vac or something like that, that you walk and suck. Um, you know, that's something that I think would be pretty cool as well. Um, I'm not sure again, uh, if that would work for me just weight wise because of, um, the nature of the season here with the wet and stuff, but, uh, you know, it might just be too heavy to use something like that. But, uh, certainly, you know, if you guys are down South, uh, in warmer climates where you're not worried about, uh, saturated ground and stuff like that, uh, Lots of fantastic options for you. Um, but for me, uh, the Honda is about, uh, you know, as good as I can get. And, uh, you know, something uh, John Deere tractor, uh, you know, weight wise um, is about the limits here when it comes to the fall and, and the wet ground without um, destroying uh, the lawns, which obviously you don't want to do uh, if you're in a business uh, of... Uh, doing lawn care and property maintenance. Last thing you want to do is, uh, be going to people's houses and making a bigger mess than when, uh, you arrived. So, uh, that is pretty much, uh, what I would do as far as the collection process goes, or, um, you know, or how I would manage leaves. Like I say, for at least that one client where I don't actually pick up the leaves, but I blow them, um, you know, like I say, I just build them for the time it takes me, um, for blowing the leaves around the trees. I mow the rest of the lawn, come back the next week and the leaves are clean and then I'll do it again. And it's just the way that that customer has requested. That's what they want. They don't want to pay to, uh, have me actually do all the leaf cleanup and stuff. Um, but having me blow the leaves for them around the trees, they actually came out last week and just saying, you know, it, uh, it's working out really well that it really helps a lot. They only have to scoop the leaves and, and put them in their bins and all that sort of stuff for the city to take away. Uh, and, uh, they don't have to spend hours and hours raking the leaves because I've blown them all into piles for them already. Uh, and other clients obviously are uh, going to want you to take care of all of that. Uh, um, and I do that uh, for the majority of the clients where I take care of everything, uh, cleaning out everything and blowing out all the leaves from rock beds and garden beds and all that sort of stuff onto the lawn first. 
and then uh, cleaning them all up uh, with the Honda. Luckily, the Honda, like I say, with that uh, adapter has been able to handle everything I've thrown at it uh, this year. But if not, I would just uh, then corral the leaves, blow them all into a pile and rake them into the bins or something first and then uh, do the mowing after that. So how do I charge? Well, basically, I just basically charge based on the amount of extra time that it takes me and I tack that on to uh, the person's mowing charge for that uh, week. Um so, you know, with each and every person, they obviously pay a, a set price uh, for their mowing. Uh, and, uh, you know, basically I just charge per the for each minute uh, or by the minute, you should say, uh, for blowing the leaves. And basically, you know, it's anywhere from I have uh, a majority of them that I charge for 15 minutes of blowing all the leaves off the sidewalks and driveways and stuff onto the lawn before I mow. So they get a $15 charge on top of their weekly mowing bill and it gets charged each and every week through uh, basically October and uh, as far as uh, into November as uh, as the mowing as possible goes. Um, so I am still mowing right now uh, in this week of uh, November the 8th. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll continue to charge those uh, tacked on leaf um, prices for those. I've got a few customers that... Uh, uh, it takes a lot longer than that uh, to blow all the leaves because they have so many. And for the amount of time that it, the amount of extra time that it takes to uh, clean up or mow the lawn because you're going at a lot slower pace to have the uh, mower pick up uh, those extra leaves when it's really, really thick. So there's a few houses uh, where I charge $30 extra each week on top of their mowing. Uh, to clean up those leaves so each and every week so they're you know paying roughly uh, $120 extra each month uh, for the leaves to be cleaned up each and every week uh, so basically that's how I do it um, I found it to be really really fair I haven't had any uh, customers complain about it uh, uh, except for one um, through all of my 11 years of doing it this way Um there have been times where, um, you know, the mowing has ended earlier in the season because of the cold weather and stuff and the leaves haven't quite fallen. And, uh, you know, I've had customers call me back uh, after all the leaves have fallen and basically maybe uh, four or five weeks after I finished mowing, they call me back and say, hey, can you come and do a leaf cleanup now? Um, you know, all the leaves have been falling. They've basically waited for all the leaves to fall. And in those cases... Then it's a per job basis, right? I can, I've had some where I've charged 150, 180, uh, $200 to do all the leaf cleanups because it's, you know, taken, you know, basically, you know, a few hours or whatever, or I need to, uh, you know, add disposal fees because they want me to take the leaves to the dump and stuff. Uh, so, uh, basically on a case by case basis, uh, is how I've done that. So, like I say, that's basically how I've done it this year. It's how I've done it in the past, many different ways. I'm sure um, as ways evolve, as efficiencies evolve, as I figure out other ways to do it, you know, I'm not really, there's no real set way of doing leaf cleanups. You're, you know, you may do it one way for one client and change it for another client. 
Some may want you to do it all at once. Others will be okay with you doing it on a weekly basis and just adding it to their uh, mowing bill like I do. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, like I say, you may need heavier equipment. You may need trailers and leaf loaders dedicated just to that. Um, you know, and I encourage you guys to, uh, continue asking questions on Facebook groups and, you know, on forums and things like that. I can only help you and let you know, uh, based on my experiences and what I've done and what's worked for me. Uh, and that's the premise of this whole podcast uh, is to get you guys starting out. Uh, and even you guys who have been doing it for a long time, uh, just to introduce maybe some new ideas or things that you haven't thought before. So just take it with a, a grain of salt. Um, you know, all advice um, can be good advice, but you have to make sure uh, that uh, it applies to you and it's the most efficient uh, use of your time and, uh, you know, the best way for you to do, uh, the job, uh, with the most, uh, profit potential. Um, obviously, you know, uh, using a handheld blower, uh, or even a backpack blower and raking leaves isn't going to be as efficient as, um, you know, using one of those big leaf loaders, uh, and things like that. But, if you're a single owner operator and you're starting out and you've got, you know, 20 clients or 30 clients, well, it's not really worth spending all that money on the leaf loader just for those few jobs or, you know, one month of the year and then having it sitting and taking up space or making payments on it for the rest of the year. You know, it may take you longer working days and be less efficient uh, work wise, cleaning up those leaves, doing it, uh, more manually, but you're putting more money in your pocket. And that's ultimately what it's all about. If you have tons of clients or you're in an area where, you know, it's more forestry and those leaves are, you know, coming down, then obviously, you know, you want to look at bigger equipment, uh, looking at maybe hiring people to help and stuff. Otherwise you're stuck, um, you know, at a property doing, um, you know, leaves all day and then you're not efficient in that sense. So, you know, like I said, my advice is my advice, but it's based on, you know, the property sizes that I do that are between, you know, 5,000 to 10,000 square foot maximum. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's a lot different from what I see a lot of you guys doing on Instagram and stuff like that, where there's like uh, acreages and, you know, these, uh, uh, crazy, crazy size properties. Uh, so just take that, uh, all into context when you're, uh, listening to, uh, any of the advice that I give you guys. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you guys, uh, took some value out of that. Uh, hopefully you like that SureCan review as well. Like say, if you want more information on the, uh, SureCan, you can go to longcarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash SureCan. And if you want to support uh, the podcast, if you haven't tried Audible uh, yet uh, and you'd like to give it a shot, uh, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Audible. Um, and uh, like I say, you'll get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook uh, that you can, uh, of your own choosing that you can uh, try out. And even if you cancel the service before the 30 days, you still get to keep that free audiobook um, and, uh, you know, it's a great way to get a free audiobook, so why not try it out? And in turn, you're supporting the show. 
Uh, also, uh, with, uh, the holiday season coming up, Christmas season coming up, uh, a lot of you guys will be, uh, shopping and focusing on getting gifts and stuff for your loved ones. Uh, remember that, uh, uh, any help is appreciated as far as supporting the podcast goes. And, uh, you know, your purchases on Amazon, uh, don't have to be lawn care or business related. Anything that you purchase on Amazon, if you use, uh, our affiliate link, uh, at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Amazon, um, you know, you'll help out, uh, by, uh, providing us a small affiliate, um, commission on each and everything you buy through Amazon. Uh, so that's another, uh, great thing you can do, especially through the holiday season here, uh, as you, uh, purchase more and more, uh, items on Amazon, uh, you know, leading up to Christmas. Uh, so that's it for this week. Um, hopefully, uh, you guys got value from this show. And as always, here's wishing you guys overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>